This is exactly right. Welcome to I Said No Gifts, one of, as far as I'm concerned, the only podcasts available. I hope you're having a wonderful morning, wonderful afternoon, maybe just on a leisurely drive. But I'm here today with a guest who I just adore, a very funny man, uh, also a podcaster. His name is Patrick Walsh, also known as Pat Walsh. <laughs> he co-hosts uh, a podcast called We'll See You in Hell. That's right. And he's a television writer and a comedian. So he's kind of doing everything. Pat, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Bridger. I appreciate the intro and you Googling the name of my podcast. It's very nice. I, I have not Googled. I have listened to <laughs> oh, multiple episodes. Well, thank you very much. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't listen to it anymore because I don't have a commute. Where I don't I know understand. where I would be listening to it. But You ever walk through the neighborhood? I want the the sound of my own thoughts haunting me when sure. I'm walking through All the right, neighborhood. Fair enough. So, and yeah, you thought – so like – Maybe five years ago, I might have made the joke, look at you getting into the podcasting game right when it's hot. Now we're now we're 10 years. We deep. have now come over that hill yeah. where it's like, now you should have a podcast. Right. Yes, yes. There was that period where it was like, well, this isn't going to happen. And now this is TV. Right. And I am, as far as I'm concerned, Oprah. And okay, I've just kind enough. of entered the game and I'm just powering through this. Fair enough. Are you, is this Patreon? Is it behind a paywall? I'm what? not doing any of that bullshit. Okay. I right. don't want to deal with asking people to pay for money or, sure. or not pay for money, give me more money. I'm yeah. going to do some ads. It's going to be free and then we might sink. What are you doing ads for? I have no idea. Okay. Whoever they'll, wants they'll me come. to, whoever wants me to talk about their product, yeah. I'm just going to sell it. We were on a couple um, podcast studio. I know this one is owned by two of my favorite people, Karen Kilgariff, yes. Georgia Hardstark. But I was uh, um, on various networks, podcasting networks, and they would have us do these ads, and they would just get more and more degrading until eventually we did. <laughs> Blue Chew, which is imitation Viagra. Oh, you're, and there, there you're were, kidding. Not even Viagra. But the request was that we say, like, it helped our sex life or we started. And it's kind of like, really? And, th and it's, this is worth $20? That Blue Chew does not sound like a pill. That sounds like a dog toy or. I did try it once with my lovely <laughs> wife. It was chewable Viagra. The And it tastes Every bit as bad as biting into a pill. So this is for men who cannot get an erection or swallow <laughs> or a pill. Swallow a pill. Yeah. That's a real exactly. interesting. Well, group there's of... not that many of us, but uh... <laughs> you're a rare breed, yeah. and women uh, want to experience. Yes. This. 
Blue Chew. Well, now we're advertising for them on my podcast. And I just gave them some free. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I have a whole bottle of them at home if you want to try it. Blue Chew, reach out to me. I want, you know, <laughs> yeah. morning I'll swallow my pill and then I'll chew up my Blue Chew yeah. and just go about my day. Gag because of the disgusting What taste. is the flavor? It honestly is as bitter as biting into a pill. <laughs> and the whole premise is like it's like a Flintstones chewable where it <laughs> tastes like delicious orange or cherry or... But well, no, I will, I'm going to disagree on the on Flintstones being delicious. I oh. never liked Flintstones chewable. I liked a sun-kissed chewable. Did you ever, ever ever have that? No, but the gummy vitamins they have now are delicious. However, they have like sugar in them. Fully disagree again. I think the chewy vitamins are too soft. The gummy vitamins? I think I need like a little bit of a toothsome vitamin. I mean, of a chewy. I'll be damned. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I feel like most people agree with me. You want your you want your gummy to fight back a little bit. If it's just gonna like <laughs> melt in your mouth like Jello, no, thank you. You you like it to be sort of more like a dot, like with a little texture to it. No, I feel like a dot is also a weird texture. It's like a third category. Okay. I'm talking about. Do you remember gummy sharks? Yeah. That's the you mean texture. Like Swedish fish. Again, another. <laughs> there are what so that? many textures of gummy things. No, I'm talking about. They came in like a little. It was like a snack pack that you would put in like a lunch, school lunch. Okay. And they were like, I don't know. It just it required just enough chewing to satisfy. Okay. I, you know, I've got a nice strong jaw. Uh-huh. And Look, you're not going to get any argument from me on of that. Of course not. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to argue I've been that. admiring it this whole time. <laughs> Can I tell you, on the subject of jaws, I was, I listened to, and I recommend this to everyone out there. Uh, Robert Evans, you know, the head of Paramount for men, or not, he did produce the Godfather. Oh, yes, who was recently deceased. Just died. Yes, of course. They fired him from Paramount at age like 90 and he died two days later. <laughs> Good. It's very cool. So, um, you know, he had this amazing book called The Kid Stays in the Picture and they made it into a documentary That's as well. That's right. Yeah, sure. So many. And listening to the audiobook was one of the most hilarious experiences of my life. I recommend it to everyone. He reads it. He'll mess up line. He doesn't even go back to correct anything, <laughs> just messes stuff up. But he had so many one liners. And one of them was uh, they told him this movie was going to be a hit. And he was like, they told me it was going to be bigger than Jaws. Well, surprise. This thing wasn't even bigger than my jaw. <laughs> and I was laughing so hard. I almost had to pull my car over. And there's a line like that on every page. <laughs> Wait, what movie was he talking about? Uh, <laughs> so it was a bomb. So, you know, you've yeah, never sure. heard of it. But like they sold it to him as it was going to be this big thing. And was this a... He's a complete misogynist. <laughs> He's telling this story at the end of it. And he goes, like Sharon Stone accused him of murdering three people. <laughs> Is that, there any truth to that? He says no, believe okay. it or not. But he goes, I've got a, a quarter of a million check for Sharon Stone if she can prove any of these allegations. And if she can't, down on your knees, baby. <laughs> Oh my God. But the only thing I want from you while you're down there is an apology. I don't want nothing else. <laughs> it's amazing. It's crazy. If they release it now, he'd be thrown in jail. But uh, it's an amazing book. So he wasn't a senior citizen when he recorded it. This 94. Just, so okay. he's probably 65 okay, or something. Good you know. grief. Yeah. Uh, anyway, ch wow. check it out. But you were talking about gummy. Uh, I was talking about gummy. Let's please. If I, we could just I felt get back the to momentum gummy was going away from gummy talk, personally. <laughs> no. Because uh, it seems like you're 
impossible to be pleased. You're insatiable when it comes no, to No, I've I've just described that I'm easily pleased with You a, want one that's chewy this, with some bite, but not too chewy with I too much bite. I think when this podcast hits the air, people are going to respond in a big way. The and gummy gonna, community, yes. They're going to say it's the, the shark gummy. Yeah. I, I, that's all I the can... Gummy-nitty. The only detail I can give you. Some of them are, they're like opaque. Yeah. They're not quite see-through. The trick, though, with the two soft gummies you put in the freezer. Uh, just write it down. Now, now you're get your gummies, put them in the freezer. Now you're an, an insane person. <laughs> See, your your experience on this podcast is going to be you talking about your life and then realizing in the comments and stuff that you're insane. <laughs> I'm fully aware. No of one's this. ever put a gummy in the freezer. That's that's insane. Well, Patrick, I'm glad you're here because I'd like to introduce you to someone who's done it. Me. <laughs> so okay. it's not usually a good backup when you just cite yourself again. But all right. Well, that's why we're sending this out into the world to find. Me, a community. Right. And those Did you hear that I gonna... said gaminity? Oh, gaminity? Did you say that? I was pretty proud that? of it. It just went completely unnoticed, but I was pretty Good proud grief. of it. That's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> That's another podcast. It might be. Well, I've uh, I just spent the week in Omaha. Oh, jealous. Have you been to Omaha? No. It's a Counting Crows song. That's, well, uh, our friend Lizzie Cooperman reminded me of that. She I sent me a link. Uh, did not listen to the song. It's one of their better ones. It's, it's not as whiny. What does that mean? It, it means it's on their first two albums. Okay. Yeah. I, the only uh, Counting Crows song I know is... Round Here! Oh, well, you my know Mr. Oh. Jones. I know. Oh, now, now I'm knowing songs. Yeah. Long December. Great song. I mean, you. I think even the coldest person it's would have to It's a very Jack a FM song. song. Sure. Would you agree? I, I guess they're a Jack FM band. It's a slow jam for Jack Yeah, it's FM. a slow Jack FM. Um, Do they still have that announcer on there who's like... Do you like music and getting fucked? <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> I'm always like, easy, buddy. Who is? Can I swear on this? Yo, you can do whatever you okay. want on this podcast. Right. I we should can talk been. about gummies. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. Who is? That's, that's clear. Listening by the way, to Jack FM. About gummies. I don't understand the audience for this podcast. Uh, I for think, this as far station. as terrestrial radio, it's probably the most listened to station because somebody's like, I just want to hear the hits. And I want them covering my whole life, I, 70s, 80s, and 90s. I guess it's just the sort of person who doesn't care. I mean, I guess that's Which is mostly most of the world. The radio is for most of the world. Yes, that's right. It's that's and movies such a are for most of the world, and it's to hard me. to accept. Yes, but it's very true. It's crazy to me that someone would get in their car and tune in to Jack FM and be satisfied. Right. Because for me, that is the most maddening feeling in the world. I agree. I listen to Jack K FM. Jack, oh, of Which course, is, uh, we're all on Jack AFM. She's the DJ and... <laughs> she's fantastic. Uh, yes. She sure. sasses her way through the hits. <laughs> um, well, you look terrific. I feel like oh, this is a new look for you. You've got a mustache. Mustache and a little long hair. Yeah. And what I appreciate, I went to a party last night, not to brag, and I feel like people uh, acknowledge that it wasn't an ironic hipster mustache it's no, kind of a nice throwback you it fits you very i, mean, I like it more than i expected to i say this in the nicest way possible but it looks like you like should be out in the woods checking in on some campers or something <laughs> but not killing them not killing them just like but well you'll think you'll eventually be killed yeah. you'll pull up in like kind of an old truck right and then be shot or sliced or right. something but it's uh, like the perfect look for you i think thank Keep, you very I much think, hold on to it i don't know i am i i shaved the beard because it was going gray or it was gray let's be honest okay and i think it de-aged me a bit sure getting rid of that because so the mustache maintained its color the beard was gray right i had one extremely stressful year of work 
and personal stuff, et cetera. Sure. And it turned gray in about a month, much like Good grief. Uh, Joe Beth Williams and Poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> Just an Beautiful. immediate gray due to stressfulness. Have you seen Poltergeist? I haven't. You haven't it's seen one anything. of those movies. I- I've seen a lot of things. I've seen everything I like. I shouldn't have. That does not allow me to participate in right. society. Well, essentially. Right. By the way, speaking of the show being about gifts, when I loaned you uh, my copy of Broadcast News, Look. that wasn't a gift. I actually am going to need that, <laughs> Patrick. Back. That, it's been a year. I. It's been. I'll, I'll correct you. It's been two. It's been two years. It has been two years that you lent that to me. I have not watched Gaping the movie. hole in my Criterion collection. This afternoon, on my way back from lunch, yeah. I thought I need to give Pat the Blu-ray back. Yeah. Here we are. Clearly, I forgot, and now it'll probably. Let, I just want you to buckle up. Twenty twenty one. You're getting the Blu-ray <laughs> so, back, and yet you're requesting more gifts of from course, me. Of course, this is who I am. All right, I take and I take and mm-hmm. I take. That's clear. That said, I didn't request a gift on this. The podcast has a very clear title, which you just fully ignored. <laughs> Roger, I can read I you the said text. no gifts and. Right in front of you. I mean, if we're going to get into this, we're just going to get into this. We need to go. Are we going to the gifts? I think we're going to go to the gifts. You've got a gift right here. You see this bag? A bag that says, you are my dude on it. Yeah, right? Was this purchased for me? This was purchased for me by my wife. Okay, beautiful. Um, But I feel about you the way my wife feels about me. Well, I'm going to take your wife's place. Begrudging respect. Heather, get out of the way. (laughs) And Heather said, if you're not going to reuse it, she wants it back because she's becoming more and more annoyingly green. Oh, sure. And it's becoming a problem. So what what else would Heather use this bag for? She claims that every Valentine's Day for the last five years, she's given me something in this bag. And I said, I would remember getting a gift that says, you are my dude. It's also, it looks brand. Brand new. It doesn't does. look like it's ever been used she before. She takes care. She's a bit of a hoarder. Okay. And where is she keeping these bags? Closet pile of bags, bows, tags. Do you like getting gifts? I always did. And now I feel like uh, I, I would. this isn't the one I would have got, you know? Sure. Like as you get older and you, you know you have money to buy things that you want or need, it's kind of like, oh, I, I could have gotten course. something I wanted more. Like my sister got me what would have been a great gift for uh, my birthday, which was like a week ago. Well, happy birthday. Uh, oh, thank you so much. But it's like, a, what do you call it? You know, like a coffee a coffee cup that you can use all day, whatever. Oh, insulated. sure. It's insulated. You don't use plastic. Yes. And as I said, my wife's getting very environmental. We have 12 of these. Of course. But you don't want to say to your sister, mm-hmm. who hopefully doesn't listen to this podcast, God, couldn't you have asked? I've got 12 of these fucking things. So now is it just going to go unused? Absolutely. Oh. Or we'll return it or give it to somebody else. Sure. I could have brought it I mean, it, it could very well be in this bag. But I was, I was like, you, you said we're going to talk about the gift. What sure. would we talk about? That would, Although that I just did five <laughs> sweet minutes on it. And I did 20 on gummies. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. it's truly, you know, we can talk about whatever. Right. So, you don't, what was the last gift you remember getting that you actually liked? Oh, dear. Well, my, I guess it's a little gross, but my, uh, again, my wife got me a bidet for oh, Christmas. Oh, beautiful. And uh, she has one, and I kind of made fun of her, and then I was like, tried it, and I was like, boy. Of course. I think great. everyone actually likes a bidet. Once you do it, yeah. Now, is this a bidet that's like in, like you replace the toilet seat or something? Yeah, that's right. Okay, interesting. Uh, and it's great. It's And it's got a heating feature if you're going to be there for a long time. Sure. You know? And now, Heather, was hers gifted to her, or this was something she, she just got, went out and bought? She got it for us. And she's not a splurger, but it was important to her. Okay, fantastic. She, is she a lifelong... Uh, she's probably not thrilled that we're <laughs> talking about this. I guarantee this. she's... No, she's fine. She's fine. 
Um, but yeah, that was a good gift that I just got. Okay, that's uh, yeah, that's something that you probably wouldn't buy for yourself. Right, kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's rare now that I get something that I'm really excited about. Sure, you know when you know it's going to be a bad gift, and my family's big on this is. While you're opening it, this is every gift I've ever gotten since I was a kid. You pull back the paper and whoever gets like my aunt will be like, now I do have the receipt. So (laughs) just already shitting on the gift before you've even seen it. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. I've had multiple of those. Yeah. And that's also me anytime I'm giving someone anything. You do the same. Even if I put a large amount of research and I'm just apologizing for whatever it is. Right. Because I want the person to be happy. Sure. You had a wedding. You got married two years ago. Is that right? Yeah, about a year and a half. You were did there. You get, did you get things you wanted? Or Where's was your dance, it? ladies and gentlemen? Where's uh, you really dance? I did dance. And I'm going to say, I'm just going to say I was probably the best dancer. You at shut it wedding. down. You really shut it I down. I think I was. I, you were high. I was a gift at that wedding. Yeah. That people. You were the gift. I Yes. I brought myself and gave everything to you two. I the, had a wonderful time. You know, I don't go to weddings very often. I think yours was the second not non-Mormon wedding I had been to. Okay. And it was wonderful. Now. Did you do sort of a he, he, I am Bridger when you started this? Like, I'm an ex-Mormon or stuff? Or how would people even know when you say that what so, that Oh, means? the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I guess Oh, I guess I haven't really explained. I probably hinted at Because you're not point. like a personality. No, I'm not a personality. Your Twitter is not anything like personal about you. Oh, absolutely not. No one knows anything about right. me. Uh, but I, the, in prior episodes, I think we've hinted around that I'm from Utah. But okay. of course, I'm not a practicing Mormon anymore. Yes. But... Uh, I was, I grew up Mormon and went to a lot of Mormon weddings, which are very different than a regular wedding. Well, as you know, I've been to many Mormon weddings and also, because a lot of my friends were Mormon in high school. Sure, because you're from Missouri. Right. I went to a lot of Mormon dances, which were one Saturday night a month. Yes. And they were so much fun. They didn't really like slow dancing, I'll tell you that. Sure. (laughs) But the music they would play was all... 80s synth gay, frankly, themed this music. This is one of the weirdest things to me about Mormon culture. Erasure, Depeche, Depeche mode. mode. And they were, and this was, you know, 97 or 98 when sure. I was in high school. So it's not like it was of the time. But I was always like, boy, this is a, it's cooler music than you would hear at a at high school dance. But why do Mormons love this music? So I've much? never figured it out. Yeah. But like synth pop, new wave, right? Enormously popular. In like Utah. New Order and yeah, totally. Yeah. And you can see why. Awesome. A band, The Killers, which is fronted by a Mormon person, right. is so 80s synth pop. But yeah. I do not under. I, I feel like it's just like catchy and non-threatening. And sure, but uh, like they play a little respect by Erasure, which is one of the most beautiful sure. pop songs ever written. And I probably heard it first at a at a Mormon dance, and I was like, "Man, this song is great." Or whatever. And you look into Erasure. I mean, they are like they were the out gay band of the oh, time. Oh, so gay. And not a gay-friendly religion not, at That's all. what I'm getting to, yes. yes. I never understood These it. dances are essentially gay discos. Exactly right. Full of uh, scrawny teens. Right. But, what I mean. What got really weird is then they'd open up the, I'd go to the bathroom and then there'd be some guy in there with the Book of Mormon. He opens it up, three lines of cocaine. Oh, of course. I'm very <laughs> familiar with this. I had a big I would problem. do right out of yeah. the Book of Mormon. You know, I'm 16. <laughs> Our brains are just rattled <laughs> by these Mormon dances. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm kidding, of course. But it, it was the, the most pure, wholesome dance ever. And then the music would be like, how does it feel? You know, very <laughs> yeah, strange. Blue Monday. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so yours was, I believe, the second non-Mormon wedding I've been to. And, yes. you know, it's as you've been to Mormon weddings, it's frequently it's like a pan of brownies on a table. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then you and go a couple to, that looks like maybe they don't like each other very much. And are probably 21. Correct. That's so, exactly the. Yes. I'm, yes. yes. What I'm thinking of. Yes. I mean, a, a, In Mor a backyard, a Mormon 21 is like a Los Angeles 55. <laughs> so yeah. it's uh, an interesting world. Um but you're, yeah, back to your wedding, I was an incredible dancer. That's really what we're trying you were, to get You were, you really were, yes. Uh, it's nice to be allowed to just unleash on the dance floor. Couldn't agree How more. How often does that happen? Not, I, not that often. I'm, I'm with you. Um, can you remember any terrible gifts you've, you've received? Oh, boy. I mean, they probably would have come from my grandma, who's dead. I mean, you, you hate to... Oh, uh, sure. But, you know, she's gone. She is gone. She gave, <laughs> yeah, okay, I got one. She gave, she gave me a, um, uh, my favorite movie of the time was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Sure. Wonderful movie. Uh, it still is, really. Honestly, they did so much more than they needed to for that movie. Like, it's like, the script is like Chinatown. Yes, it's like with a true Sylvester movie. Sylvester the Cat. Yes. And then managed to get every corporation, that would yeah. never, they ever happen together. again. The only, when that happens next, it will be, be because Disney has bought everything. Right. You're exactly right. So. And it'll be like uh, the genie from Aladdin and Stewie from Family Guy. <laughs> oh, good teaming grief. up. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, she got me a Who Framed Roger Rabbit t-shirt, and it was Roger Rabbit behind bars, and the bars were felt that came off about an inch from the shirt. <laughs> Blue felt. This sounds incredible. And then when you turn it around, it was Roger Rabbit's butt, and there was an off-the-shirt cotton ball <laughs> for his tail. And Wait, I she purchased this? She bought it for me, yes. I was such a nerd that I, also I at the time, thought this was a really cool shirt and sure. wore it to school. I was already being mocked on a minute-by-minute oh, minute basis, so for the shirt me. didn't help out. But. How old were you? It was when, you know, 10 when the movie came out. Oh, okay. That sounds oh, yeah. like an incredible shirt. Were you bullied? I was never bullied. I was very... I mean, I hate to say it. I was kind of a mean child. I buy it. Uh, basically mean until the last... Until I became an adult. Right. But I think a large... Uh, that was largely just trying to protect myself. Right. And... Uh, but never, I, I think there was maybe a month of bullying in eighth grade. Someone named Morgan something. Usually a Morgan, He's yeah. probably dead. Uh, but after, before and after that, really no bullying going on. And I, you know, I apologized to some of the people I was mean to, but some of the other people had absolutely had it coming. Were you going to school with Mormons largely or no? Oh, yeah. 80, okay. I mean, 85, 90% Mormon population cool by Mormon standards. I um, yeah, I, uh, man, I was made fun of for j just from kindergarten on. From K through sophomore year. I what guess. were you? What do you think it was about you that was? I I mean, I never understood until I saw, see pictures of myself from the time I was a kid who didn't sure. have who didn't have the foresight to say i shouldn't wear this cotton ball roger rabbit shirt to school <laughs> you know like there's a picture of me at a birthday party that i saw that really haunts me to this day and i'm opening up a gift a gift i'm on sure theme. and it's a 500 piece jigsaw puzzle <laughs> and man i'm freaking out about how excited oh I am. Like, this is yeah 
<laughs> and I'm wearing a green sweater with a white button-up shirt underneath it and a bow tie. <laughs> My glasses, which were usually eight inches thick. Oh. Eventually, I had to get contacts at a very young age because they were tipping my face forward. They were really <laughs> oh thick God. panes of glass. And then like a bowl cut with some, you know, and eventually I started doing gel. And sure. I was a, I was a nerd. Well, but it sounds like you were just enjoying yourself. And most kids right. are like, if you you show any level of earnestness or anything, Correct. they're on it and they're ready to destroy right. you. And I was clearly just hiding every element of my personality right. from everyone for, for 30 years of my <laughs> life. Yes. So. I mean, b- being funny really is what pulled me out of it. But you don't realize that when you're a kid. I mean, oh, yeah. And, and my attempts until... to be funny were would probably get me further in a hole but look at you now look at me now you're having a wonderful time i'm having a fine time sure well and you're also bringing <laughs> me a gift you are my dude it's in this bag it says you are my dude do you want me to open it i, I mean you brought it, it. i if assume you'd like me to open works. it on the podcast i would hand it over the theme is the history of american comedy well now you're giving it away so what's gonna happen here Okay, I'm opening it. Secondary theme is oh, things that were in my There home. are multiple things. I'm going to take them right. out one at a time. Okay, the first <laughs> is the first is a book by none other than Daryl Hammond. Uh, his book, God, if you're not up there, I'm fucked. Tales of Stand Up, <laughs> Saturday Night Live, and other mind altering mayhem. The, Correct. I, I'm not familiar with this book, but. Daryl Hammond is pictured in a cloud of smoke yep. with what appears to be a crow or raven landing on his shoulder. Yeah, I don't. He's not a lucky man. There is a, a let's go with raven. It's funnier. Landing on his shoulder. He looks like kind of a like Brandon Lee in the crow. Exactly. This is R.I.P. Do you, is this an earnest photo? Is he? It is an earnest photo. I really love. The I, you know of course live from New York is a great classic sure. book about comedy but I love all these the fringe SNL books like Jay Moore wrote a book about his time on SNL where he admits page after page to being a sociopath he steals jokes from people he admits to doing it and he's saying this proudly like and he's, no he's ashamed no. okay but uh, and then the one I read recently or I listened to the audiobook was Chris Kattan and the title was Baby Don't Hurt Me like because the song is Lady oh Don't, of course that they dance oh, to. He goes into each mango sketch as if it were <laughs> Citizen Kane. Did you read the whole thing? Absolutely. But the book is so fascinating. He, he goes in all these sketches. He talks about how he dated Zoe Deschanel when she was 19 and okay. he was 38. This was pre-New Girl? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. She, uh, yeah, way pre. Okay. Um, I don't know the age of any of that. <laughs> he tells all these stories about him just destroying people's lives but he doesn't realize it so the book was so fascinating to me because everything is somebody else's fault but sure. it's clearly to the, anyone listening you're like no chris that was you <laughs> can you remember any specific stories the i mean i was really interested in how he fell out with will ferrell they were close friends sure. and then they weren't and with each story he tells he's doing something embarrassing and will ferrell is like a very calm business-minded funny guy mm-hmm. Arguably much more talented than Chris And Kattan. from all I've heard, a friendly, Very kind nice person, yeah. And would, was kind of bringing him along at first with Night at the Roxbury and stuff. But he kept, you know, he had a drug problem, he had a womanizing problem, et cetera, et cetera. And eventually, uh, Will Ferrell stops and just like, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm not, I'm not going to be mean to you, but I can't be your friend anymore. Sure. 
And he tells the story as though, can you believe this asshole, Will Ferrell? And he's ignoring the previous hundred pages where he just describes doing terrible things, (laughs) almost ruining Will Ferrell's career. Oh, my God. He talks about um, how pissed he is that the reason he doesn't get work anymore is that Hollywood thought that he was a drug addict. And he's like, I couldn't believe it. I had pain in my neck, so I took some painkillers and everybody thought I was a drug addict. And then a paragraph down, he'll be doing blow in a bathroom. And he's not making any connection here. I think he honestly, I walked away from the book thinking Chris Kattan is mentally ill. Oh, uh, well, of course. It was sure. a fascinating he book for that He probably is on some level. Because he's in complete denial that he's ever done anything wrong. What was the last thing he was even in? I he well, he they fired him, but he was on the middle the sitcom. The middle, and they okay. talk about that in the book. Was he on it for multiple seasons? Uh, yeah, he played a you know, guy like the neighbor or whatever. Right. Oh, interesting. The Daryl Hammond one is uh, now Hammond himself. When I worked at SNL as an NBC page, he uh, was very nice. Sure. He always wore a long trench coat, but he'd come in and they would give him a stack of like fifteen VHS tapes. And those were the impressions he had to learn. Okay. So, he'd, he'd be like, how am I going to do Steven Seagal? <laughs> and they'd go, just do it. So, he'd go in, play it, and then come out, and it would be Steven Seagal. Oh, that's incredible. That was cool, I thought. Also, there was this comedian, Finesse Mitchell there, who you don't hear much about. No. Say the first name again. Fin- Finesse Mitchell. Finesse. Okay. And uh, he was picked over J.B. Smoove, who was a writer on the oh, show. Oh, wow. Of course. And I- this guy, sorry, was not great. But he would come in and he'd call in on the Saturday morning and be like, can you get me this, 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 this from the deli? And I'd go, sure. And I'd get it. And he'd come in and give me $20. And at the time, I was making $10 an yeah, hour as a page living in yes. New York City. Yes. So, I said, oh, I'm sorry. This was like $68. And he'd go, well, that's too much and walk away. This sort of behavior to me is absolutely insane and yeah. fully rampant throughout this business. Of course. People who have totally lost any idea of what money is. Yes. And he's screwing over an intern. Of course. It's always the intern. Um, and he'd also come in if he was wearing a coat and he'd throw it at me. Like I'd get hit with a coat <laughs> and it was like, go hang this up in my dressing room. Meanwhile, there's a cast full of 24 people or something. Yes. So I'm giving you a bad example. And then the only reason I didn't like go, I would have had to go and say, I need this money to make my rent or whatever. Sure. The only reason I didn't have to is that Daryl Hammond would come up in the morning, you know, seemingly hung over out of it or something, mm-hmm. but he'd drop two, like, like 20, 20, 20, 20. You just keep dropping 20s oh on the counter. You know, can you just go get me a bunch of soups? <laughs> and then I a go, bunch. well, they have the soup place downstairs is like 16 kinds. What do you want? And he's like, just get me a large of each <laughs> and I'll just try. And then he's throwing away all this. You'd go down there. So then I go, hey, here is, you know, $200 in change. I'm starting a soup kitchen. And he go, oh, I'll keep it. Thanks. What? So that balanced me out. And I like Daryl Hammond for that reason. But by the looks of this book and that raven, he, he lived probably a should have life. saved some of that money, some exactly. of that soup money. Exactly. Wait, so how often were you buying soup for Daryl Hammond? Uh, all the time. Okay. But I loved it because it meant you yeah, of keep course. the change. We'd fight to get Daryl Hammond. Of course. Elon Lev, who you know. Now, how long did you work as a page? It's a one-year program. Oh, uh, okay. The idea is that you get a... Like Kenneth on 30 Rock. Yes. So, you give tours of 30 Rock for your first three months, and then your goal is to get assignments. My two dream assignments were SNL, which I got, and then Conan, which was on at 1230 at the time and was my favorite show of all time. And I feel like you 
cross paths with a lot of incredible... I feel like you've told me a story about Gandolfini, which... Yes, that's right. Remind me what happened with him, because I remember thinking, oh, what an angel of a person. Yeah, well, they said go meet him on... Um, the celebrities would either come up 49th Street or 50th Street, and you had to okay. go out and wait for them. So, he was going to be a Weekend Update guest. So, like, Saturday Night Live starts, they're like four sketches in, Weekend Update's coming up, and they're like, where's James? It was when The Sopranos was on. Yes. And also, there's all these reports up to his death of, like, he would just vanish. Oh, wow. So, they were really worried and, like, what should we do if he doesn't show up, whatever. So, they made me go down and wait and then be in communication via walkie-talkie with them. Sure. So, finally, there's a little Dumb and Dumber scooter, like, like popping little, like, <laughs> like, you know, a little more advanced than a bicycle, maybe. Okay. But it comes wobbling down 50th Street. It was probably 10 degrees out. And up comes James Gandolfini, face completely red, completely <laughs> wasted. <laughs> And he comes in. I was like, hey, how are you? And he goes, good, man. Let's, let's do this. This is great. I'm excited. We get in the elevator. And then I said, uh, you know, when we walk out there, you're going to like walk onto the set. You know what you're doing? He goes, they got cue cards, don't they? What? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So then I said, uh, you know, you're going up the elevator. It gets a little awkward. And I said, hey, um, I don't know if you've heard this from anyone in New York City, but I'm a big fan of your TV program, The Sopranos. <laughs> and he gave me a huge laugh, more than it deserved. Sure. And he was like, every time I hear it, it makes me feel fantastic. Don't, feel, oh. don't, ever, don't ever feel bad telling an actor he does a good job because you never hear it enough or whatever. Oh, that's... And he gets off the elevator and it's like a half hug. And he's like, thank you so much for bringing me up. And he's like, you're going to be here after? I'm like, yeah, of course, we didn't run into each other. But sure. there, there were a lot of people like that, like who I was very surprised were nice. A lot of people you're very surprised mm -hmm. are mean, et cetera, et cetera. I'm wondering where the scooter came from. No, nope. he just to, abandoned that it. That did I mean, not belong to James Gandolfini. That he didn't. Uh, he didn't lock it or anything. <laughs> you know. So who knows? Um, do you have any other memorable stories of famous people? Anything horrible? Um, we talk about well, Paris Hilton hosted. Okay. And I think Tina Fey talked about her on Howard Stern, actually. Sure. But they were doing a bit about her sex tape. And how she was going to get the sex tape had just happened. Yes. And uh, the guest in the monologue, very timely, even then, was going to be Joey Buttafuoco. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> so they brought him in from New Jersey and he was going to be giving her advice on like what, mm -hmm. how not to ruin your career with scandal or something like that. Okay. He's a man who conspired to have yes, his wife murdered. truly so. should have just been in yeah. life. Just like SNL always brings on uh, you <laughs> uh, know, yeah, the, the best people. I just want to say whoever... Whoever was in charge of putting Donald Trump yeah. in the hotline bling parody oh, video yeah. that is burned into my memory and yeah. whoever thought of that should be in jail. What continuing? What, and I could see if they did it now and it was about the perfect call to Oh sure, because, finally. Then it makes sense. Finally we what have a reason about, for that. I watched to happen. it, but what was it about at the yes. time? It was just to put that asshole on TV and have him be goofy. Yeah. Unbelievable. But that image. Was there a parody element or was he just singing Hotline Bling? I don't want to know. <laughs> I remember it. I watched it. I feel like that is going to be the last thing I remember right before I die. And yeah. then I'm going to go into the void. And that's how I leave Earth. <laughs> yeah. I'm so mad about it. Uh, yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Um, but Paris Hilton, would uh, they rehearsed the monologue. It was fine. They're getting ready to go live at 1130. And she would not come out of her dressing room to do it and she was like i don't want to talk about giving head on uh sure lauren michaels comes down and goes in there which never happened to like try to talk her into oh, it wow. she wouldn't do it then he they come out and they're like can you tell 
uh, Mr. Buttafuoco that he's not going to do it and he's got to sit up in the audience <laughs> and we'll try to find him a seat. They didn't even oh, have him a seat. Oh, my God. So I was like, uh, Mr. Buttafuoco? <laughs> Please don't shoot me in the face. Right. Um, and then we went into her dressing room after and there was dog shit everywhere. Paris Hilton's dressing oh, room. Of They're not even big dressing rooms. How many dogs did she have with her? Two. Two and little chihuahuas. had managed to shit that much? Well, she and she just hadn't cleaned it up over days. <laughs> and then there she had had... You're basically told as the desk page, get them whatever they want. Sure. Get the stars and the band whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So Will Ferrell to talk about how nice he is. He was there three. You know they're there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We spent forty dollars on him. He was like, "Can you get me a burger here? Can wow. you get me a burger here?" Very uh, as low maintenance as you can be. Paris Hilton, we spent about four grand. <laughs> Mr. Chow and all this stuff. And when we finally got in there, because she kept they'd keep the door shut all the time. Dog shit everywhere, and then. Like the Mr. Chow was probably for her dog. Mm-hmm. Every plate was like the stuff was strewn out of it on the floor. Everything had two bites out of it. Oh, um, just exactly what you'd expect a rich person like that to be. Like just not giving a shit about anyone's yeah, time. Of course, or money. just like not being able, capable of cleaning up anything. Right. Didn't care that she was derailing this live show that's been going on yeah, for years. You know, didn't of course. care. That's the Paris way. So she, she was rough, but um, by and large, people were nice, and they hire publicists to be sure. monsters. I that reminds me. Uh, I had to purchase Steven Tyler $200 worth of groceries uh, when oh. I was a PA. Okay. Largely cashews. None of it was touched. <laughs> yeah. And then I, like, I think it's a power move. another PA and I, yeah, of course. It's just like, if you want me to come on your show, right. you're going to buy me $200 worth of cashews. We had uh, Chingy, the rapper. Oh, of course. St. I've forgotten about Chingy. He's wanted, your hometown uh, boy. Yeah, he is. He wanted uh, Magnum condoms for the dressing room. Oh, and I was give like, me a break. I said, you're literally here for 45 minutes because he was mad they didn't have him. And I was just like, we, you're here what for 45 minutes there? and there's no women here. And he's like, I need them. For, for what is he gonna is he doing balloon animals I, went, I think that's a move where it's like maybe the pa will be an attractive young woman and yes she'll go, Ooh, Ooh, big these dick. Are for me yeah exactly oh good grief chingy Classic nice guy chingy. not really okay well he got what he deserved <laughs> yeah what no, was chingy's hit uh hmm st louis has holiday actually Inn? given us a, it was holiday and yeah. i remember i was working at best buy when that was a hit yes okay. well nelly was huge in st louis nelly I mean, of course and i still like some nelly even listen I think nelly uh for me you know i do have some bad memories of you know high school assholes listening to nelly and it being sure. like the hot in here uh hot and that's the only song so i can remember he's now gone and uh, not gone. He's alive, I imagine. But he's I feel not, like he he struck up a deal with Honey Honey Nut Cheerios. Do you remember this? No. I feel like there was a long stretch of commercials where they were doing parodies like of here? Nelly songs about <laughs> Honey Nut Cheerios. One of them, Cheerios. Honey in Here. If it, if there wasn't, then everyone <laughs> at that ad agency should yes. be fired. Yes. I hope they were Nelly deep cuts. Yes. But uh, okay, Chingy. Find out, Chingy. I'm gonna pull out the neck. This is a packed gift you've brought me look i did my best <laughs> oh good grief the next thing is just the four-year consideration script of the movie spy spy, <laughs> spy? Which, uh, which the oscars thought maybe would be nominated for best screenplay. somebody you know with four-year consideration you just have to give it a shot you do you never know for example joker joker look yep. there's a big winner it's probably gonna win it's when insane I, when to I got me. the screener this year of robert downey jr in black and white 
gazing longingly at the Iron Man mask. Oh, unbelievable. Then, like, the dumbest thing I have ever seen. Peter Travers saying like a movie that will stir your soul. I was like, what's happening? I took a picture of the Booksmart DVD because it said this will reignite your hope for humanity. Oh I don't care. I, I haven't seen the movie. I'm sure it's fine. Wait, which movie? Booksmart. Booksmart. I'm sure it's a perfectly pleasant comedy. It, it, that's exactly what it is. And to say it's going to change your life is absurd. Absol- These screeners have gone fully out of control. Right. Oh, I wish I could remember the other. But they're insane. The Robert Downey Jr. one was, it's like, what, is this a Fellini film? What <laughs> know, are we talking about? It's like, it made it seem like it was about the masks we all wear or something. <laughs> Give me a break. Now, granted, Batman Returns is about that. Sure. We, no one thought we were going to get that as an Oscar movie. And this it's way better. It's a theme park. Now, would you say you have Oscar favor? Absolutely not. And I'm furious every time people are upset about the Oscars because I, the show is a sham. It's only well, the Golden second. Globes is, is literally buyable. That's, of that's course. the biggest sham of them all. Well, the Grammys are the biggest sham of them Interesting. all. Interesting. I didn't I, know that. I'll say Grammys just top to bottom garbage. Like yeah. there nothing that went I mean, like maybe one out of a hundred things that wins a Grammy is decent music. Yes. Oscars occasionally something decent wins. Occasionally. Golden Globes is just like what is happening yes. every every single time. It's like uh what is that Amazon weird sitcom that went Mozart in the Jungle. Yeah, that they thing. bought it. Yeah, no of one's course seen they Mozart buy it. in the Jungle. No. The I, star of Mozart in the Jungle is not sure what it's about. Oh, he has no idea. Well, who is it? Garcia Bernal or whatever. The um the Golden Globes are well-known for sale and it's 18 people from like different countries who vote on it they have these giant luncheons where they try to dazzle them and give them gifts Mm -hmm. it's shameful oh it's so bizarre Uh, i've I've heard of like people who have worked on other shows where the showrunner's like yeah well we're gonna win how do you know how the studio's paying for it (laughs) it, it's just a known thing it's a full advertisement the oscars the amount of like Everyone's upset about Greta Gerwig and Little Women. Sure. Not getting nominated. Well, not enough women. I get that for sure. But what I don't get and what I don't like is that everyone's saying she should have – We have, why didn't we nominate more women? And then she should have been the one. That's so yes. like, snobbish to me. Yes. Like, there are other women who directed they're, movies and they're better than Little Women. I thought Little Women was fine. I prefer Lady a Bird. Generous. I loved Lady Bird. Lady Bird was one of my favorite movies of that year. She was nominated for Best Screenplay, yes. Best Director one year ago. And everyone's like, how dare they do this? Guys, are you? do you really care? Does anyone really care? People and just, if you do, look in the mirror. Look at last year's Oscars. Yes. Every year, it's a Great total yeah, just shit show. I don't understand why we give it any, any level of credibility. No idea. Um, no idea. I mean, God bless Steven. Steven, pr- before the podcast, told me that uh, Little Women was his favorite movie last year. Okay. Which or, is fine. Parasite. A lot of... Oh, Mine, or Parasite. Mine's Fantastic Parasite film. and Uncut Gems, which Bridger doesn't like. I was not a fan of Uncut Gems. Right. I know a lot of people went crazy for it. I loved it. It did nothing for me. It I made also me love sweat. Gambling. I like I sweat. hate gambling. Yeah. Uh, I largely hate loud men. So, you know, it's just like this movie did not have a lot for me. (laughs) Sure. I loved Good Time, though. So I I think my expectations were far too high for this movie. Right. Also, maybe cut 20 minutes of the basketball game out of the movie. I don't need to watch a full basketball game. And Uncut Gems? Yeah. It's the whole plot hinges on. I don't care. Just, like, update me. Oh. That movie felt to me like it was five minutes long. Five minutes? Little Women felt like it was four hours long. And I liked the one on a ride of Little Women. 
I really do. If, I like the Catherine Hepburn Little Women. Little Women, to me, I feel like should have really broken my heart, and it didn't. Did. I mean, I'm not a Chalamet fan. I don't. I don't know what we're talking about with this dickhead. He was well cast as the as an old timey fuckboy, which yeah. is what he still is, <laughs> sure. even though it's present day. He's somehow still that. But um, it just didn't do it for me. But it did it for a lot of people, and yes. that's great. But to act like it's some giant slight or whatever, it's such a slap in the face to the other people who are nominated. It's like, so we've all decided this is the one. Yes, and everybody and that, else that will is ignore. tokenism. So yes. if we did give it to that one person, then you'd all be happy? Yeah. Like, it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Parasite, did it get nominated for anything? It did. Okay. But so uh, so Parasite got nominated for Best Picture. Oh, okay. It's. I mean, to me, it's an incredible movie. But uh, And I think to a lot of people. Parasite also got nominated for Best Foreign Language Movie. Oh, interesting. Which makes no sense because... If it doesn't win, yeah, but it was nominated for Best Picture, you've already said it's the to, best of them. Yes, so. that's going to break the whole system, hopefully permanently. They're not doing a host again. I think that is a wonderful idea. How often does that actually work? I mean, with a host. If they get a funny person. Like the year they had James Franco, it's not going to work. I'll say- well, You know who should host the Oscars, and I'm not kidding? Who? Alf. Alf, that would be, please. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Bring him out of the shoebox. Alf. Have Alf host yes. the show. That would be and incredible. And he can say whatever he wants and nobody's going to get mad. Yes. Alf. We can all be, we can all hate the host because yes. he's a stuffed animal. Imagine him coming out in a tuxedo and he's, you know, three, four feet tall, walks over to the podium. <laughs> You'd already be up like a furball. He's yes. just eating a cat. Oh, sorry. I just had dinner and you hear a meow from backstage. <laughs> yes. I'm, these are, I'm just in my first jokes I'm coming up with. Would I like to write for it? Yes, Elf I Elf hosts the Oscars 2021. Yeah. I could, I mean, why not? Now, let's just go back to Joker for a minute. The movie is horrible. I think uh, it, I, was, I was like, I could not believe what I was watching. Look, I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of indifferent on it. I know it's a very divisive movie, but I was kind of in the middle. My big issue is the entire plot hinges on it. It's 1978 or something. And somebody films his stand-up set. So ridiculous. Sends the bulky Betamax tape, I guess, yes. to a late-night talk show. They think it's so fascinating they have to air it. There was nothing even interesting at all about that. No, the, the thing that is filmed within the film is like... It, it's a couple jokes yeah, that Yeah, you'd land. be like, oh, yeah, I guess it didn't work out for that right. guy. Nothing spectacular. Why would this become a national phenomenon? Right. And you could let that go if the whole plot didn't hinge on it. Yes, but that's the movie. Also, with five minutes left in a like a dark vision of a man's soul, why did we have the little person reaching for the doorknob joke? Oh, well, because it's a Todd Phillips movie. Yeah. Of course. I was like... We're almost done here. It's Could a, we have cut that? <laughs> no. We're trying to create a no. mood here, well, right? It's art. It's art. Uh, okay. And I think you and I may have discussed this, but truly have still not figured out where he works. He works the clown locker room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so... The movie is it's like somebody egg. feverishly wrote the first draft and then just took it to film. Right. It makes no sense on any level. No, I agree. And the, of course, I mean, it made its rounds on the internet, but him dancing down that staircase is maybe the dumbest thing that's happened in a movie in 10 years. Why that song? The Gary Glitter song A song which so was ridiculous. recorded by a convicted pedophile. Yes. So... Who's on Why the lamb? Why give him money? Is he currently on the lamb? I think he's on the lamb in like New Zealand or, or something. Or Vietnam or something. something. Or did it, maybe it happened? I don't know. I hope he's not in Vietnam. Gary is out there. Yeah. I mean. Glittering it up. Listen, that drum beat. It's sick. I'm going to say it's fantastic. It's fresh. But the man is a child molester and we could have picked another. <laughs> if you wanted a glam tune, 
there are poli- there's a decade of T-Rex it. T-Rex didn't molest yes. anybody. I don't. I don't no, think of so. course, Mark Poland. No, he died in a car, I believe. Uh, Dying in a car means you didn't molest him. No, I'm just saying that you know he wasn't around for very long. Oh, that's true. He had that beautiful curly hair and yeah. then died. I want to say in a car. Okay. I think it's one of those famous rock stories that like he sang a lot about cars, but didn't actually drive a car and then died in a car. Okay. <laughs> Usually, when I don't know what happened to somebody, plane crash is what. When I look it oh, up, yeah, I'm like, of oh, plane crash. Yeah, just across the board. That's what you yeah. do. <laughs> Well, they're in planes so much more than us, mm-hmm. musicians, ball players, et cetera. I've, it's dangerous. And honestly, uh, who's in a flight more than a, a flight attendant? Oh, yeah. They should get paid handsomely because they're taking their life. Of course, hand. every multiple times a day. Right. I've recently, I've been flying a lot because Jim, my boyfriend, is touring the country and I'm going to visit him. And uh, every time I'm on a plane, I have now, I'm accepting at least once during a flight. Oh, yeah, it's going down. Yeah. Well, this will just be over and it's fine. There's way more turbulence lately than there yeah. used to be. Like a jagged, yes. huge drop of like 50 miles it's all of a insane. sudden. It's insane. And yeah. it really is for me every time there's just this moment where I'm like, okay, well, I guess there's nothing I can do. and I guess it's over. That's right. fine. Te- you know, text Jim, I love you before you take off is all you can do. Yeah. Don't be fighting when you're in the air. Yeah, I guess so. And sometimes you get the free messaging. You guys are on an I love you basis, right? Oh, of course. We've okay. been uh, I didn't five, want to make we're five years in here. Okay. I'm going across. I'm, you know, I'm going to Omaha to visit him. I wouldn't, I'm not going to Omaha. I mean, Omaha's fine. I'm not saying Omaha's a bad place, but I'm not going there for someone I don't love. You might have Omaha listeners as well. Omaha you was four degrees. Really? Freezing cold. I, I need to go back to Omaha when it's not freezing cold. I had diarrhea. It was a, r- a rough time. TMI. I, listen, people deserve to know when their <laughs> podcast hosts had diarrhea. Look, come over and use my bidet the next time that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I've crossed a line here. No, but actually, fine. I feel like I hope somebody out there, if you have diarrhea, you're going to get through it. Or you might have diarrhea in the future, and I want you to be thinking of me. The second so, verse of Omaha, the Counting Crow song, yes. is singing about a rough case of diarrhea. <laughs> it's Adam Durant's through metaphor, diarrhea. but yes. Diarrhea with dreadlocks. Yes. Through a really strained metaphor he's uh, talking about. I'm opening, I'm taking out the final, oh, this is an actually incredible. That one I'm a little more serious about. I know you and I had talked about the movie Spy, and and by the way, love Paul Feig, love Melissa McCarthy, but we, we I had made a tweet and you were like, you're talking about Spy, aren't you? But it was just about how every, they don't make comedies anymore. No. They're just done. That's not a thing you can do financially. Right. But this was five years ago, and I was basically tweeting that every joke in a comedy now is telling somebody what they look like, oh, yes, what they smell like. Mm-hmm. You know, you smell like uh, the inside of a pirate's pig leg. Yes, or you have. Yes. It was every joke. Apatow, you know, didn't start it, but he certainly popularized he has it. turned it into, it, it, basically, that's what comedy became for that's a long period for of time. Maybe five-year period. So, Spy is a little, you know, like not, we, we talked about the Spy, Spy for me was that and just the loudest Maybe the loudest movie up until Uncut Gems. Yes, that I had seen. And you know what? The uh, it, it, you know the best jokes in Spy to me, and there were good jokes. Were the the quietest, most subtle. You'd barely notice some jokes. We need and everything more quiet that didn't jokes. work was her falling into a pile yes, of manure or, or a plane going up and down yeah, or somebody. Ex- oh, like, man, are the are the lady tackling Fifty Cent? You remember all that stuff? I don't remember. I 50 remember Cent Fifty Cent plays a huge role well, in the end because, of the movie. You know, Ten we should be using he's, a, he's our actor. <laughs> And yes. we should be putting him in every film. By the way, I remember Chingy sings. I love it when she do that right there. <laughs> I don't know that song, but I like it. Big hit. 
Um, anyway, tell them what I got okay. you here. This one final, is more serious. The final thing here is an, it feels like an actual gift, yeah. which is incredible. It's a Tom Hanks comedy favorites collection. You've got the Money Pit, which I think is tremendous. You've seen the Money Pit. I Not in years, but I love it. And it I also feel hilarious. like- well, actually, I think somebody has ripped it off recently, but... They should. Yeah, they it's a terrific. Then The Burbs, which I haven't seen in a long time. Wonderful movie. And I've never seen Dragnet. Dragnet's a swing and a miss. Okay. A swing and... Fully? It, no, there's... It's okay. I feel like Dan Aykroyd is largely a swing and a miss. I mean, when he's good, he's terrific. But he is. How, how often does that actually happen? I think he's like the nerdiest guy to make it big. Like, he's so nerdy that it's it's almost hard to watch sometimes. Well, he's so nerdy, he's selling vodka and like crystal right. skulls or something. So, oh, and he I believes remember, in aliens. Yes, Well, I, that's I right. believe in aliens. We all believe in aliens. <laughs> they I saw exist my somewhere. girl uh, with my mom and my aunt and... Uh, I remember when we first see him. He was nominated, by the way. Speaking of how great the Oscars are, he was nominated for Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, you're kidding me. Dan Aykroyd. I wasn't aware he was in that movie. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Is he chasing the car? He's her son. Oh, okay. Who's like, Mama, you need to let someone <laughs> drive you to the stall. <laughs> and he was nominated. Anyway, Dan Aykroyd and my girl, and I remember my aunt at full volume, maybe a little liquored up, uh, when Dan Aykroyd turns around, she's like, look at how big his ass got and the entire theater like laughed and was in recognition like we were also thinking about how big dan Aykroyd's ass got but um can i just say something about this this reminds me of something yes, please that actually has to do with tom hanks i went to see captain phillips in the theaters could not concentrate on the film because the entire time i kept thinking to myself tom hanks got a big ass <laughs> He really? was in these khakis, I haven't noticed and his, his ass looks huge. I haven't noticed his. I think this was pre-diabetes. His diabetes. diabetes? Yeah. Well, now I'm spreading. I'm pretty sure he's diabetic. I never heard. That. Uh, in the last few years, it was. Uh, but he was. He was slender in that movie. But you're saying Captain he was Phillips, he maybe above the back. waist, but he's got a big ass in the movie. All right. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but the movie it was distracting. Cute face, chubby. It's like waist. a rap video. Yeah. All it right. Was, uh, I don't know. So Dragnet, I'm not going to watch. Dra Look. On the Aykroyd front, I think the Blues Brothers is fantastic. I really never seen it, but it's one that you kind of got to watch young, or it's not going to hit. Sure, you. but um, he, he was notorious for writing six hundred page screenplays, like for Blues Brothers and Ghostbusters. Six hundred, and they'd go, Dan, we can't do this. This would be a twelve hour movie, and then he'd pair with like Harold Ramis or somebody, and they'd fix sure. it. But he's, I think he's. A little nutty. What does a 600-page Ghostbusters movie look like? <laughs> the, apparently, there was time in space. Oh, of there course. There was stuff in space. But anyway, Dragnet, uh, he's he's the straight funny man or whatever. And Tom Hanks does not work for me as the crazy one. Sure. He's, he's funny. 80s Tom Hanks, I genuinely think, is a hilarious Tom Hanks that we need back. I love 80s Tom... I, I'll tell you uh, Turner and the Hooch. dog movie. Yeah. Early, I have an early memory of Tom Hanks in blue underwear. Yes. He looks great. Flossing. He Sexy great. guy. He was a bit of a sex symbol. Yeah. And, Money uh, Pit, he has a scene where he hits his thumb with a hammer and then goes, ah, 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 <laughs> and they thank, bless the director who let this stay in the movie. He makes noises holding his thumb for a full minute. And they keep it in the movie. And it is hilarious. Then in another scene- when uh, the bathtub falls through the floor, if you remember that. Yes, It of falls course. through the floor, shatters, waters go everywhere. And he looks through the hole down at the bathtub and then slowly starts maniacally laughing. 
and they hold that for about a minute. Oh, this is incredible. And they're, they're the two funniest that. parts of that movie. Is Shelley Long his wife in it? Yes, okay. the always lovable I Shelley love Long. Shelley Long. She's fine in it. She's fine. Okay. I have seen True Beverly Hills uh, more times than I care to admit. Shelley Long kind of vanished. She's on Modern Family, I think. Oh, so she vanished yeah. for me personally. For sure. Uh, and The Burbs is a hilarious, like, dark comedy. Dragnet, take it or leave it. What is The Burbs about? Just a mean neighbor? It's like Rear Window, you know, like uh, he's okay. uh, a suburban dad. Carrie Fisher's his wife. Sure. The, ki- the kid doesn't even have any lines, but they have a son who like they barely factors. I don't know why they just didn't make him single. <laughs> but their neighbor, they think it is killing people. And the neighborhood, like for, it's him, Bruce Dern. Oh, Bruce. Uh, and they form like this neighborhood watch to try to like find out if they're killing people. Okay. It's a great movie. Speaking of Rear Window, something I've thought about recently is... I've never felt an ounce, an ounce of suspense while watching an Alfred Hitchcock movie. <laughs> well, he was the master of suspense. What are we... I Obviously, they just haven't aged that well, but right. I'm frequently bored during a Hitchcock movie. Is that wrong? I think so. I, I love them all. Am I just numb to suspense? What's happening here? You're an adrenaline junkie. I'm an adrenaline... I'm jumping off of bridges. I'm uh, right. doing other... Jumping on trampolines. Well, you... Every time I, we go to the same workout place... We do work out at the same place, which is just absolute torture for me every single time. <laughs> well, luckily, we've never been in there at the same time. We always... Yeah, cross paths yeah. right as one or the other is ending it's all workout. windowed walls, so I'd hate to be, like, looking over and see you looking at me oh, with I could, weights or something. Anytime it's, I'm in there with somebody I know, I feel deeply, deeply I uncomfortable because I don't know what I'm doing and right. probably shouldn't be working out. Well, interesting because every time, every time I go, they talk about what a natural you are. This has got to be part what of their- What a natural athlete you are. I'm not kidding. This is part of their game. And no then. offense, my answer is, Brazier? Of course. That's my like, response to Oh, this. he got it quicker than anybody, and he's just a natural, and he does- What are we talking about? Meanwhile, I'm squatting so low, my taint's hitting the ground, <laughs> and I can't get compliment one. I give it my all. Every time I come, you're you're sweating. You've done it. You've. I, I don't leave until like- on the fifth set that you do, my hands are trembling. Oh, I try sure, to like sure. push it to the max and uh, all they want to talk about is Bridger. This feels like it must be part of their business plan. They tell the friend that maybe. the other person. Is, well, but they're not saying that about you to me. No offense. Yeah, I didn't think so. So maybe that's maybe. I mean, this is the first time in my life. I've. I mean, in the last nine months, I had never worked out until this. So yeah. maybe I'm good at it. I don't know. Apparently you are. They, Look, I'm not kidding. They talk about you more than I care for. Pat, <laughs> Pat we've gotten to the. Time in the podcast when we're going to play a little game. All right. This game tests your ability to give gifts. It's called Gift Master. Okay. Basically, what I'm going to do, I'm going to tell you three gifts Uh and three celebrities. Okay. You're going to tell me which gift you'd give to which celebrity. And why? Because I want to know if you're- Tell you, tell oh, you and why, yes. <laughs> who and why? I'm sorry, I was a little okay. defensive there. You're a little too I'm, defensive. I, uh, I don't need you attacking me on my podcast. Fair enough. You come in here and you Thought just criticize and you poke. Push. and Yes. Uh, but what I need from you is just a number between one and I think I usually do one and nine. I don't know where that came from, but just give me a... Seven. Seven. Okay, I'm going to go into my calculation cave. Okay. Figure this out. In the meantime, I just want you to, if you want to promote something, if you want to- Oh, boy. Or, or just reveal something about yourself that maybe you feel like people need to know. I'd rather You said seven. Um, 
Yeah, uh, I do a podcast. We've just moved to Patreon, but there's a bunch of episodes online with Joe DeRosa, very funny comedian. It's called We'll See You in Hell. We discuss, in theory, uh, horror movies, but usually we talk about just whatever's on our mind, rant, have fun. And uh, we're doing a live show in New York on February 15th. When does this uh, air? Will that even be airing by now? This will probably be after March. We premiere March 12th, I believe. My time traveling listeners. Or maybe you do a show uh, February 2021. Maybe it's like (laughs) we start, you know. You're right. I thought you were in your... uh, I had to intervene. Number hutch. Calculation cave. I've just come <laughs> up with that, but I need like I would love cave. for someone to draw a picture of me in my calculation, which cave. I like. Um, I don't really have anything else to promote. What could I tell you about myself? Um, maybe I'll talk to you about another. Oh, how about when Dan Aykroyd came to uh, Conan? So that it was the 49th or 50th Street side. I go, which way you want to go out? And he goes, well, uh. I'm not sure. There's going to be a lot of people waiting for me, so we got to try to figure out a plan. Maybe you go out the 49th so they'll follow you, and then I can run out the 50th side. And I didn't have the heart to tell him. There was Does he think he's the Queen of no England? One. He was the second guest on Conan. It's Princess Di. <laughs> so I was like, uh, yeah, man, we can do that. Uh, so I start to walk out 40th. He goes, all right, you go. You go the 40th side. Uh, all right, I'm going 50th. Here we go. And he's doing the knees up, real high run out. <laughs> No one there. He runs out to the car. It was very, very dark. Oh, that breaks my heart, actually. I've calculated. Okay, here are the three gifts. Can I hear the noise of you coming out of the number compartment? (laughs) Okay, at least sell the illusion. I've kind of flown out. I've transformed. I'm here with three gifts. I'm bearing three gifts. The first one is a surprise home renovation. Okay. Second is a Frisbee you got for test driving a car. Okay. Third is a label maker. Okay, so keep those three things in mind when you're giving a gift to... Label maker, complete home renovation. Surprise home renovation. So it, could, okay. it doesn't have to be the whole home. Surprise home renovation, label maker. Free Frisbee. Frisbee you got. Yeah, so it's like, it probably yeah. says Subaru okay. on it or something. You're giving gifts to Lauren Hill. Of the Fugees. Of the Fugees. God yeah. bless her. Lauren Hill of just Lauren Hill at this point, I feel like. Saw her live. You know, she doesn't have the performance rights to her songs, so she can't play them with their original melodies. That's unbelievable. Uh, wow. What happened with that don't deal? Don't go see Lauren Hill. Wow. What are you getting there? She, like, you're five minutes into a song and then you're like, oh, this is that thing, her biggest song. Whoa. You have no idea. So, so she's so just saying the lyrics to other tunes. With different melodies. It's that really bad. sounds like, like it would give me a fever. Uh, yeah, it's rough. Okay. Lauren Hill. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo. Okay. Pop songstress Grimes. Okay. Also, I guess Miss Elon Musk. Right. But, I don't know. Uh, Well, I think she's pregnant with this kid. Yeah. Okay. And again, it's surprise home renovation, free Frisbee. And a label maker. Label maker. Well, I'm giving the surprise home renovation to Lauren Hill because the other two are loaded. Yes. And it seems like Lauren Hill is struggling if she sold off her performance rights. She had the whole tax issue. And a whole right? tax issue. Did she go to jail? No, I don't think so. She almost went to jail. Well, that's, that's where you'd like to see her, isn't it, Bridget? I <laughs> put Lauren behind bars. <laughs> Absolutely not. I feel uh, the miseducation of Lauren Hill is one of our, the great albums of the 90s. One of the greats. Somebody really screwed her over. I mean, she no, obviously She was, never did another one. She had an unplugged, you know. And sure. I think she had some mental issues, to be she, honest. And she has maybe 10 children. That's right. 
Fame, fame ain't for everybody. It's you not. Know? It but that isn't. album is great, and she should be touring off it now for the anniversary and making of all this course. money. But what happens is they go there and people are really pissed because it's not those songs. What demon has the rights to her song? I don't know. Probably that same guy who got Taylor Swift's music. Yeah, probably. Scooter him. Magoots. But I have to say, surprise That's his name, right? uh, Scooter Magoots, yeah. uh, Mr. Music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scooter and then quotes. Music Magoots. He lives atop cap- Capitol rep- Records and uh, <laughs> wears a just, cape. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of got a uh-huh. sword. Um, no, I think a surprise home renovation is perfect. Lauren Hill would be thrilled with that. I she needs it. Although I feel like the the surprise element is not something that she wants right now. I feel like <laughs> she needs a nice steady like let her know that people are going to be coming into the house to renovate. You're, it, well, if I can alter the gift in that way, you great. You can't. So, who knows? I mean, I guess it is a gamble, but... No, I, I, I want to give her the nicest gift. Yes, the other two are financially it. set. Now, if we're talking about the Frisbee, uh, I like the music of Grimes. I, I really do. Sure. I don't... Especially that Art Angels album is very good. I don't like her... Uh, her life with Elon Musk. I feel you know? like, uh, you know, she had the whole thing with Azalea Banks where like Azalea Banks was like trapped in Elon's house and everybody right. was doing speed. And right, she, right. Uh, it feels like a bad situation. It definitely does. And, Grimes, and that is why she receives the Frisbee that yeah. I don't care about. <laughs> and she can play it in the crack den. She can play catch with her baby. <laughs> Lil Grimes. Lil Grimey. Uh, but the label maker will go to Ruffalo because he's always like politically minded and sure. he can do like, uh, you know, labels for like a box of Bernie flyers. And, sure. You, know, you feel like, like he's a Bernie supporter? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. He screams it. He feels pragmatic to me. I feel like he's going to get behind whoever. He could be Warren too. Yeah. I feel like he's just ready to vote. Yeah. And get out there. Did you see the Blackwater movie? Yeah, it was okay. It was okay. I didn't see it. It was well done. It's, it's like Todd Haynes, who's usually yeah, does like very true. personal stuff. It was, that was a little weird, but um, Ruffalo, I, when I first you ever see You Can Count On Me? No, I've never Laura even Lenny. heard of this. Excellent movie from Kenneth Lonergan, who did uh, Manchester by the Sea. Okay, sure. Never saw that either. Oh, it's ooh, it's a good movie. Okay. Very good movie. It really is. Um, anyway... I saw Ruffalo and I was like, this guy is the best actor I've seen in five years. I was in high school or something. Sure. I was like, this guy's going to be a mate. And here we are 20 years later and he still is a big star doing the stupidest bullshit in the world like these fucking Avengers. He's the incredible. Yes. Hulk. It's so depressing it's to me. It's very odd to watch. And he's but- honestly, he's bad as the Incredible Hulk. Because he plays Listen, in the I same got, mumbly I way. I jumped ship on those movies maybe two years ago. Not I, a fan. I've, I am... It makes me feel numb. I'm sorry, but I just, it does nothing for me emotionally. Couldn't agree. A lot of great actors in these movies, but I'm just, I have no interest. It's, and every time a, a independent director does some new great movie, they're immediately snatched they up. They get sucked into this bizarre machine to re- to create nothing. From everything I hear, they are told what to do. Of course. And they, they bring in these people because they know they're in need of a payday. They've made one mm-hmm. small budget movie. And they'll listen and do what they say. But it just ruins these careers before they even start. Of course. Like, it would have been Coen Brothers did Blood Simple, mm-hmm. and then next Beautiful they're movie. directing Batman or something. Oh, I can't. You know, what a bizarre we, what, universe. What, what would we have lost if that had happened? Yes. So now, like, Cop Car was this great Kevin Bacon movie I saw. Yes. A really good independent movie. And their second movie is one of the Spider-Mans. Oh. So it's like, 
All right. Well, so we get no growth of these people. We get no movies between that and this. And, and I think that sucks. Oh, I think it's a total drag. But that's the world we're living in. It's the world we're living in. Mark Ruffalo is getting a label maker. He gets that label. I, th- I feel like his house does probably have a lot of things labeled and clean and tidy. Absolutely. He feels like kind of a fastidious, yeah, kind of. I like the Ruffalo. We've finally reached the last section of the podcast. Yes. This is called I Said No Questions. Basically, people have been writing in to I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. And they've been asking for help. To uh, uh, they ha- they need to buy people in their lives gifts. Okay, and they get advice from me and my guest. Yes. So we're going to read one or two of these, and we're going to try to advise people on what well, they should fun. give. So here we go. First, first up, Bridger. I really want to make a make make is the keyword here. Make a gift for my wife. Something from the heart. Do you have any uh, have any suggestions of a craft or homemade gift I can give her? It's Paul in Buffalo. Have you ever okay. been to Buffalo? Yeah. So, no, what is it? What's I'm happening? I'm going to comment while Paul's listening. So, okay. Paul, I hope you're warm at home in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, it's cold, man. Maybe you just went to Niagara Falls. Sure. I mean- I didn't have a good time there, but it, right was, off it was the... unrelated to Buffalo. Oh. The beautiful people of Buffalo. Yeah, okay. Spring, summer, fall, winter? Uh, winter. Winter. I don't feel like anyone wants to be in Buffalo in, in the winter. Let's just say I spent a <laughs> rough year in Buffalo that night. Uh, <laughs> okay Uh, when i hear i want to make somebody a gift i feel like you're headed towards somebody getting something that they didn't want and it's also uh, bad but because most people can't make things very well i've been given insanely sweet handmade stuff and when somebody nails it of course you know a it doesn't cost much which uh, is nice but B, it means so much more. Mm-hmm. But you got to nail it. You're right. It can it's look a high cheap risk. and shitty. Very you, high risk. I'll say this. Don't give her one coupon for a free back rub. Oh, well, first of all, that's not going to ever be used. No, you're absolutely right. It's truly the worst. Uh, although I will say I told Jim I wanted five coupons this year uh, for me to get to choose the restaurant with no complaints for dinner. Oh, and that's so a good gift. Th- I think that's an actually good gift because- He complains every time. Oh, my God. This you seem like you would be the complainer. No, Jim will only eat meatballs or uh, <laughs> hamburgers. Okay. The man has the mouth of like a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I say I want to have like Mediterranean food and right. it's truly like I've asked for to move to another country. Right. So, I've, I haven't actually used any of these coupons yet, but I think that's actually, uh, yeah, move to the Mediterranean. We're in a Mediterranean climate, climate here. Yes. By the way. Uh-huh. Uh Okay, well, that, that's a gift. good gift. Here's, I'll tell you something I did for an ex, and, and it worked pretty well. But um, we used to riff on this idea, which I think is a really good idea still, about the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree in New York. Yes. So they cut down and bring in the tree from a new barn every a new farm every year. Sure. They bring it into the city. So they cut it down, and they bring in the Rockefeller tree and set it up, and then waking up the next morning in this tree – is a mouse. <laughs> sure. He's like, where it's the where hell am I? I? Yes. He's had this nice farm existence and now he's in uh, New York. So what I did is I did a uh, children's book. I was going to say, Pat, why are you not writing this children's book? I, but I made the children's book and illustrated it. I had no money at the time. So this was, you know, A, it cost nothing and B, it was very sweet, I thought. 
And then the it was kind of like a comic strip. Like it, there was a story to it, but also then like it was it was like he tried to see a Broadway show, but he didn't like it. And then it's a mouse running out of cats. Like ah, <laughs> cute, you know. <laughs> Truly, publish this book. You won't have should, to work I ever should. again. Um, I, well, it would have to be half hers. Oh, and we don't necessarily not speak too yeah. much, so that would be awkward. But um. She loved it, you know, like if there's like if you guys had a great how we met and you wanted to make it like she's a princess and you're a prince or something, you know what I mean? Sure. That works. A little book would be nice. Or, you know, you just uh, maybe some meaningful photos that you put together. That's right. In some sort of little compilation or yeah. a fridge magnet. Yeah. That's an easy thing that doesn't actually require artistic skill. Right. But feels personal. Was this the wife or girlfriend, whatever, requested a No, it sounds gift? like he just wants to make the gift. Yeah. Just, you know, be careful. And honestly, I'd run it by a female friend or a friend of hers and say you think she'd like that. That's sometimes worth doing. Yeah. And I also just want to say it's truly the intent. If the reason yes. to, for this is because you don't want to buy something, then maybe think again. <laughs> sure. Okay. Paul, do what you need to do. We've got another question here. Bridger, I'm going to a white elephant party with my boyfriend, and I don't really know his friends. What's something that shows I'm funny and cool but isn't too risque? That's Lindsay in Santa Fe. Beautiful Santa Fe. I've never been, but I've heard it's wonderful. I spent a night there. It was nice. White elephant parties, I think, are an absolute trap. Not a fan. No one walks away from one of these having happy to have gotten somebody's junk. Exactly right. And or there's hurt feelings or you're mad at somebody because they stole the gift that you actually wanted. What we did this year with uh, with my wife's family was a uh, $30 limit gift exchange where you picked one person in the room and then you could trade, you could swap, you could take people's gifts. Then everyone has fun, and at the end of it, everyone has something worth $30 yes, that, that is isn't generally trash. something they like. Yes. The white elephant gift, you know, like I got a, a plastic drum set there once, and it was kind of large. And I'm just like, so now I'm, what, taking this home? You're just responsible and, for throwing it away. Yeah, it's, I, just, it's, it's wasteful. It's kind of dumb. If you have to do it, you know, I what would you say? I don't I feel like she so she says she wants it to be she wants to prove that she's funny and cool. Lindsay, I have to say <laughs> if you ha if you're asking for advice to be funny and cool, you are you've fallen far behind. Maybe just don't go to the party. Yeah. Also, but, look at who you're asking. I mean, god. <laughs> I'm the last person you should be talking to. Yeah. But I feel like uh for Take it like a pair of jeans. That'll throw everybody off. They'll be like, what's happening here? Uh -huh. I, I've been a long time advocate of jeans being a very uncomfortable gift to give somebody <laughs> who is not like your spouse. And you're not, you're pretty much saying you know exactly their size because yes, it's written yes, on them. Yes. So that's a little scary. So if you, if you go too big, you're a monster. How about a copy of the Bible? I feel like that throws everybody off. <laughs> a copy of the Bible and jeans, man. And jeans. That's a gorgeous, like, it's read also, the Bible topless. Well, jeans is a great white elephant gift because obviously everyone in the room will be different sizes. It makes no sense as a gift. There you go. But will the people there be smart enough to pick up the layers of the, the jeans? Yeah, that's true. That's very Probably true. Probably not. I feel like maybe, um, you know, actually, Lindsay, Isn't a framed photo of herself. People, that's a confusing, you're, nobody knows you, suddenly they're trapped with a gift, a photo of you. That's very good. I think everyone there would think that was funny. They would think you were cool and funny, which was the goal of the question. So maybe I am the right person to come to for this. That would, when that person t turns that thing around, the whole room laughs, guaranteed. They're going to go crazy. And you're in. Yeah. 
Unless you're and like, if you get to steal it, if you steal back the picture of yourself, you've multiplied. You're yeah, you are the place is going to be lining up to go down on you. <laughs> like every good white elephant party. <laughs> That's how they all That's end, how they right? end for me. That's, I mean, traditionally, Pat, yes. Thank you so much for being here. I mean, what Thanks a journey we've me, been Bridget. on. You've told so many beautiful stories. We've helped two separate strangers in two different parts of the world. I get so nervous about dead air that I just start going off on tangents. I probably went off on That's a podcast. Tangents. You're right. Just kill dead air. You're right. It's um, not even my show. I should just sit here and be like, entertain me. You of brought course. me here. But listen, I, I, ha I, I have I your Blu-ray at home. Yes. It's going... Maybe I'll try watching it one more time. Okay. But eventually you're going to get the movie back if only we lived closer to each other <laughs> if only we were within five <laughs> minutes of each other uh oh and didn't go to dinner once a month easily i'm going to make a special trip to your home okay someday you're gonna wake up and it's going to be resting there i'm gonna throw it over your fence okay your cat is gonna be pawing at something in your front garden and it won't be a dead rat this time it'll be the blu-ray <laughs> right of this movie okay I, i'd love that God bless. Thank this you. is the end of the podcast. God bless you. And, Goodbye. And God bless you. Bruce. Yeah. God bless us, everyone. Yes. I Said No Gifts isn't exactly a right production. It's engineered by Earth Angel Stephen Ray Morris. The theme song is by Miracle Worker Amy Mann. Uh, you can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at I Said No Gifts. And if you have a question or need help getting a gift for someone in your life, email me at I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're at it? When I invited you here I thought I made myself perfectly clear When you're a guest in my home You gotta come to me empty-handed I said no gifts Your presence is presence enough And I already had too much stuff so how do you dare to survive?